You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Good afternoon. Just a beautiful day in Alabama. Lars Anderson, longtime sports writer. Matt Coulter, longtime sportscaster. This is Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Uh, appreciate everybody dialing us in. Lars, we're going to talk about Field of Dreams. It's official for Major League Baseball. That announcement came down earlier, but we'll start very quickly. We'll talk with Gerald Watkins, the chairman of uh, the Friends of Rickwood here in literally just a couple of minutes. But here is the headline that surprises me the least so far in 2023. LSU leads Omaha College World Series in jello shots. <laughs> That's 21,435, right. and it's the fourth day. They have already <clears throat> just surpassed the old record set last year by Ole Miss at 18,777. I just thought I'd kind of start off on a light note. Not that the rest of the show is going to be anything different. But um, <laughs> of all the teams of the SEC, I mean, they would win hands down every year if they have they appeared at Omaha. Yeah, um, really incredible uh, what they have been able to do with the, the Jello Shot Challenge at uh, Rocco's Pizza and Cantina uh, there in Omaha, which is uh, where my people are from, right? I'm from Lincoln. I grew up going to the College World Series. Actually, Peter Burns of the SEC Network just uh, kind of put out an SOS of uh, places where he should go uh, in Omaha for food. And I suggested, number one, the Drover, which is Warren Buffett's favorite restaurant in Omaha. It's the best prime rib in town. It's uh, it's amazing. And you can even sit in, like, Buffett's private room where it's often Buffett and Bill Gates. It's just this little table. It's pretty cool just to think of, uh, of all of the discussions that Buffett and Gates have had over the years in that room at the Drover. And uh, then you have to go to the Blackstone Hotel in Omaha, which is where the Reuben was invented. Uh, I'm sure you love a good Reuben, Matt. And then also Absolutely. you got to hit Runza, which uh, you have had thanks to, uh, I think I brought him into the old studio with Jay uh, a few times. Got to hit Runza. So anyway, uh, yeah, it looks like LSU fans having a good time. I sure, I sure wish Alabama were there. And so, so many of my friends would be in Omaha and get a chance to see it. And Omaha is a special city. I know it's really special for uh, the, the the teams that make it there. Omaha treats it like a really, really big event. Uh, and uh, and, that, and that's the reason why it hasn't left. I mean, I, I think they just signed a really long-term contract. So the College World Series is going to be in Omaha for the foreseeable future. Because much like it, it's it, the equivalent, Matt, is the SEC tournament in Hoover. Right. It's just like Hoover bends over backwards for the SEC. And that's what Omaha does for that's the College what World Omaha Series. Does too. Yeah. You're right. Uh, speaking of baseball and great things. Uh, Field of Dreams is coming to Rickwood. We are joined now by the chairman of the Friends of Rickwood, Gerald Watkins, to talk about that uh, just for a couple of seconds. We knew that this was a likelihood uh, at the very least last week, but uh, it's it's happening. It's on the M- it's on the MLB uh, official website, so I, I guess it doesn't get much more official than that. Also, it's really official when Gerald 
also confirms that Field of Dreams is coming to Rickwood. Uh, Gerald, thanks for joining us on Big Noon Sports. How are you feeling this morning, this afternoon? Matt, I, I couldn't be more excited. This is a dream come true for me and all of our volunteers, the friends of Rickwood Field. We have been hoping something like this would happen for many years. And um, it's here. The, the, the uh, ball is rolling downhill now, so uh, all we have to do is get, get ready and uh, we'll have the big event. Uh, Gerald, real real quick, sorry, Lars, just a follow-up to that. I don't know if you could just, we don't have enough time for you to go chronologically through how this occurred, but could you give us the Cliff Notes version? Because I know you've been working on this diligently for years. Yeah, man, I can make it pretty quick. I started calling MLB early in uh, 2021 before they had the first Field of Dreams game in Iowa, and I couldn't get any traction, and... Uh, by happenstance, a member of the Atlanta Braves coaching staff came over here and uh, visited the park. He asked me what uh, our vision was and what we wanted to do long term. And I said, we'd love to have a Field of Dreams game. And he said, well, have you uh, called anybody? And I said, I've tried, but no luck. And uh, this gentleman's name was Doug Mancellino. And he uh, reached out to MLB and MLB called. And uh, they sent a group down here and uh, started visiting, started looking over the ballpark and all the different uh, uh, areas that we have uh, to offer. And uh, then they reached out to the city of Birmingham and got the city interested and involved. The city committed to spend a whole lot of money helping to uh, renovate the field. And the rest is as history. I mean, it's uh, it's been a, a long process, but it hasn't been stressful. It's been very pleasant. The MLB people have been wonderful to work with. And uh, the mayor's office, gosh, I can't say enough about them. Mayor Randall Woodman and his chief of staff, Chaz Mitchell, have been awesome. And the rest of their staffs have been great as well. So it's all worked out. Cooperation has been wonderful. It's been great. And uh, I just can't wait to see the future unfold. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Birmingham City Council last week uh, approved a uh, contract with uh, Trawick Contractors, uh, about 550000 to renovate Rickwood. Uh, I'm assuming that wasn't a coincidence that this happened last week. But um, what what are what renovations are the fans going to be able to notice with that with that five hundred and fifty thousand? But also, is there any is there any uh, private money coming in to supplement that public money? Well, the uh, the public money that the city has committed is much greater than that. It's more like two point five. The uh, the 500000 that was approved last week was the first bid. That's to uh, do some wood, concrete, and steel repairs around the park. There's an additional $2 million that is going to be spent totally redoing our turf and our playing surface, making our dugouts bigger, uh, making uh, putting extended netting along all the foul lines to protect the fans, and then there's going to have to be padding on the outfield walls. So those things will uh, will take place in order to make the field compliant with major league specifications and we are seeking some outside funding we don't have all that we need but we are uh, working diligently to try to raise that money but uh, we're not uh, we're not worried about it. we know it's going to happen and if i could just follow up real quick matt um 
Is there going to be uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a jumping effect from this? Like, are you hoping to attract uh, more sort of big, uh, big games, big events because of the renovations that are going to take place as a part of this Field of Dreams game? The first thing, Lars, is we will be able to begin the Rickwood Classic again. The Rickwood Classic was a 25-year uh, tradition for baseball fans in Birmingham, and that was curtailed first at COVID, and then when the major leagues took over the minor leagues, they informed us that uh, some improvements needed to be made. So we've been working with the uh, the city for uh, a long time, and all these things kind of came together. And it, it works out, so we end up uh, having the Rickwood Classic come back year after year. We get the major league game, which if they hold true to what they do traditionally, it would at least be a two-year arrangement like they did in Iowa. I guess everything uh, really depends on how well it goes so far for the first year. And then Major League Baseball has uh, other ideas to bring the uh, the sport to uh, communities that are not served by big league teams. We'll be on the forefront of some of those events. And then hopefully that will put us in line to reach out to some of the local colleges and the conferences and see about getting uh, some of their games here. Right now we do play uh, what we call the Rickwood College Classic between uh, Birmingham Southern and UAB each year and then Miles College plays its home game here. So uh, those guys are certainly going to see an improved playing surface and and get to play on uh, just a fabulously rebuilt uh, playing surface and it's going to be fabulous for everybody. So it lines us up for so many different things. The future is unlimited and we just can't wait for it to happen. The chairman of Friends of Rickwood, uh, Gerald Watkins, is our guest here. One of the primary, I would think, the the, the top decision or, or what weighed, what factored in was Willie Mays in the Negro Leagues. And I, I know there was a quote from him in Roy Johnson's article in AL.com this morning about how absolutely ecstatic he was at uh, bringing Field of Grains to Birmingham, Alabama. Well, that's wonderful, and I, I hope that Willie is able to be here for that event. It, it won't be the same if he's not, but uh, Willie holds uh, just a, a special place in the hearts of all of the, the Rickwood uh, board members and fans, and we just uh, we, we hope Willie is able to be here. People are going to immediately know how they start trying to get tickets. Uh, I, I would bet at this time you really don't have much information on that or even a play date. Well, we do have a date. I'll give you the scenario that we're looking at, and obviously it could change, but I I don't expect it to. We're looking at June of next year, the 18th, we would have a a, a redo of the Rickwood Classic between the Birmingham Barons and the Montgomery Biscuits. Then on Wednesday, we have a day off, and on Thursday, June the 20th of next year, we would have the MLB game. As far as tickets, all the tickets are going to be sold through MLB and their channels. I would ask everyone out there who's already emailed me if I haven't answered or made the phone calls, Rickwood's not going to have anything to do with the tickets at all. So uh, just go ahead and start looking on the MLB sites and the team sites and see what they have to offer. Uh, That's that's my best bet. I've already found out today that uh, hotels are being booked up already. Well, the economic impact of the city of Birmingham is going to be huge. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be big, and this is going to take a while. 
for all these improvements to be made and the ballpark to be set up, and it's going to be a sight to behold. Do you know basically how many tickets are going to be available? And I'm sure people are going to keep calling you for a long time for another year. Lars, I have more friends and family now than I ever knew. <laughs> and uh, I have no idea about the, the, the tickets. The, the ballpark will hold about 9,000 plus. Now, we have a sellout this Saturday night for the Savannah Bananas. And so we know what the ballpark will hold. Now, with the MLB production and the things they'll do, we're going to lose some seating due to just the uh, logistics of having the game. Not, so I, I can't imagine what the number would be. I would think it would still be in excess of 8,000. But uh, that hasn't been uh, hashed out yet. They're working on that as we speak. And uh, I'm sure that uh, when the details are available, they'll be out on the MLB website. And anything that they want us to share with our uh, our folks, will do that as well. Gerald, well, thank you. Yeah, you, thank you yeah. for doing so much for the city. It's awesome. Absolutely. People have no idea what uh, Gerald and this group have done, and uh, we're about to see it here. Thank you, Gerald. I know you got a big lunch, and you got to do one more work on Rickwood and the Field of Dreams and all that. Thank you, and we really, really appreciate what you've done for everyone. Well, thank you, and, and if I can, let me mention one thing. The ballpark is open all the time. You can come out and take pictures. You can toss the ball around with 80-year-old baseball gloves and just see what we have to offer now. Uh, a lot of that's going to be the same, but uh, it's a good time to see what it is now before all these changes, and uh, not everybody will be able to be here for the MLB game, but so we hope everybody tries, and again, you can... any. Anytime you want to visit Rickwood, you sure can. Good mention. Thanks, Gerald. Have a great afternoon. Appreciate you joining us on such short notice. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. When we get back, let's talk some Auburn football. And, of course, with Terry Henley, you get a lot more than Auburn football. He's coming up next on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. When I Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tuscaloosa Toyota 3325 Skyland Boulevard and online at TuscaloosaToyota.com. If you're looking for a new truck, Tacoma, Tundra, two-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, how about a Highlander, RAV4, Camry, Corolla, Forerunner, take a look at all the inventory online, including the pre-owned vehicles, all new Toyotas. You get that lifetime powertrain warranty, unlimited time, unlimited miles, every new Toyota and most pre-owned inventory. You find it right there at TuscaloosaToyota.com. You can also view the incoming inventory and also schedule service. You can go ahead and get financing lined up. Very informative website, Tuscaloosa Toyota and TuscaloosaToyota.com. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly cloudy with scattered showers and thunderstorms all through this afternoon. Today come high about 86. Tonight you can expect mostly cloudy skies. This evening, a small chance for a shower overnight. The low by morning at 67. And for your Wednesday, partly sunny to mostly cloudy at times. Scattered showers and thunderstorms developing again with a daytime high of 81. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. afternoon, high in the mid-80s, low in the mid-60s. I can deal with this kind of Birmingham weather. But, Lars, we know what's on the way. Great conversation with Gerald Watkins. And uh, although I think we touched on it, he touched on it briefly, uh, there's a lot of people, including the city of Birmingham, uh, friends of Rickwood, that have put in a whole lot of time to make this happen. And I believed it last week, but uh, I had to pinch myself this morning when I read the article. And it was on MLB. It was on MLB.com, you know, the big boys. That uh, Man, this is coming to Birmingham, Alabama, to Rickwood Field. And, oh, man, there's going to be a scramble for tickets. You know, it's very rare that, uh, like, national sports reporters agree on anything. You know, they just uh, they, they bitch and moan pretty much about everything. But this morning, when the announcement was official... Everybody from Dan Wilkin to, uh, to, you know, on and on to Pat Forties of the world. Everybody was just like, this is awesome. This is great. And I really think that this is going to, uh, breathe new life into Rickwood and it's going to remind people that Rickwood is there and, uh, and the renovations are great. I mean, I think we're talking about a total of, uh, over three million, it sounds like, or 2.5 in that area. And, uh, and yeah, I think, uh, it's, it, it's terrific. It's terrific for the city. Uh, and, um, and it, it's just going to be a fun, fun event played on a perfect day. And, uh, and it, it's, it, it's cool that it's going to be paired with a, a, another game, Rickwood Classic. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. It, it, it sounds, it sounds like it's going to be difficult to get a ticket, but, uh, maybe we can, uh, figure something out and perhaps we can give away some tickets. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, if I, if you could get Terry off the lawnmower in your front yard, uh, <laughs> And Terry Henley, among the many things he does, just kidding. Yeah. Terry Henley, former yeah. uh, All SEC and Hall of Fame member. He hawks Matt and Lars again. Thanks for joining us. How are you, man? Well, I'm sorry. I, I I had a car. I had a car listed in you know fast car moving, and uh, there was a phone call that came in before yours. So you know, <laughs> yeah, Auto Trader. Uh-huh. Something there, you know. But anyway, how y'all doing, guys? Uh, hey, did, did you make did, did you make a deal? I don't, I don't know. Listen, that was a joke coming. Uh, <laughs> oh, Terry loves his cars now. Yeah, like, That's the problem. I don't sell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. know what, Terry? I know you well enough. Deep down inside, you really don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Selling cars that you have, but anyway, yeah. hey, uh, tell us what you hear, uh, just kind of in general, 
about Hugh Freeze and his relationship with Auburn in just a few months? Well, you got to be excited. And, uh, you know, I think it starts, like I told you before, with Chris Roberts and, and John Cohen and, and the hiring that they did here. And, and um, I think they made the right decision. They, they, they certainly did. And I think everybody's happy. And I think the proven point is from the recruiting. I mean, my goodness. Uh, I mean, uh, Parsons never recruited one four-star player. You know, he got, what, 11 players out of the portal at four stars, you know? So, and, and, and four stars, three stars, two stars, that doesn't make any, any hill of beans to me. I want to see them play. You know what I mean? But you got to have a way to judge kids, as y'all know. So I think he's done a good job and I think the university's happy with him. Yeah, he has, uh, he has been very, very active in, um, in, uh, the transfer portal. Uh, that includes, uh, he's gotten 20 transfers, 20 transfers. Okay. So including, uh, Peyton Thorne, who is probably the best quarterback out there, a Michigan State, uh, he really, he's, he's a really good player, but it's going to be interesting. Peyton Thorne, a transfer, might be playing behind three transfer offensive line starters and a transfer at tight end. <laughs> so uh, how is all this going to come together in a relatively short amount of time? I mean, it seems like this is kind of what, what's happening at Auburn. It reminds me a little bit of what's happening in Colorado. I mean, different circumstances, certainly with Deion Sanders. But, but Deion Sanders went to the portal completely reshaping his team. And Hugh Freeze is doing that just to a lesser degree at Auburn. How do you think it's going to work out? Well, I think you've seen it work out at Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss rebounded their entire team the last two years through the portal. So, you know, uh, now listen, they, they, their quarterback was through the portal, and you know that he stayed two years, etc. Down the line, that's besides that big old tall wide receiver and. Uh, and several others, you know, but, uh, you know, you can build yourself a team in that portal, uh, today. You, you know, and the reason why a kid may get to a school and they say, well, he, he him and the coach might not get along or the position coach might not get along, uh, or he feels like he should be playing more, you know, um, and, uh, or they run an offense he's not used to, et cetera. On down the line with your lineman running back, wide receiver, whatever. And so he wants to go where he can enjoy himself and get a system that he can play in. And that's how these kids are today. I mean, they'll leave in a blink of an eye. It's not, you know, God leave me leaving Auburn when I was, uh, you know, because maybe they didn't play me enough. Uh, I didn't have any place to go. Mother had already moved from Oxford, you know, so I didn't have a house. <laughs> uh, Terry, one of the criticisms of uh, some of the past coaches before Freeze was uh, they didn't develop great relationships with Alabama high school coaches. Do you get the right. feel that Freeze is doing it? I mean, he was a high school coach, so I can't yep. imagine that being an issue. Well, and. And uh, so was the blunderhead, you know, two coaches before him were the high school coaches. He got started too, but you you just, I mean, Freeze is, boy, he is beating the bushes out here with these high schools. I mean, he is, 
He has given them things that they are asked for, you know, to help their programs along and, and things like that. I had the opportunity last Thursday to go down and and, um, uh, and visit uh, the new facility, you know, and, and golly, I mean, I can just, uh, you, you just dream of having somebody, place like that to get ready to play a game in and what all they prepare you for in that building. It's unbelievable. Golly, and let me tell you something. They had the lockers they had, they had colored light up pictures of you. Boy, I would have loved to have that on my locker. <laughs> what what do you think uh is the pressure level on Hugh Freeze this year? Does it does he get somewhat of a pass because Brian Harson was such a disaster uh that uh you know if he doesn't necessarily need to come out of the gate uh just winning game after game after game although the uh non-conference schedule looks pretty easy but um is what is the pressure level on Freeze? Well, it, you know, some of it depends on uh, on the way you play too, Lars. Don't you think that if you come out of you come out of the gate here and you go for it every fourth down, you know, and things like that, and you don't make it, you're not going to be too well received. You know what I mean? But if you do like Tubbleville did and give your team a chance to win, when he would pull off uh, you know, onside kicks and go for two and all of the trick things in the in the special team games that he did to give his team a chance to win, and he did. I mean, he played he played uh, uh, the little wide receiver, but they moved him to running back in place of Rusty Williams. Uh, oh, God, I forgot his name right off the top of my head. I mean, the guy was not a running back. He didn't weigh about 150 pounds. And Tupperville said he'd come in there with ice packs all over him and be crying and say, Coach, put me back at wide receiver. Please put me back. And Tupperville said when they get through talking, he would he would walk out there thinking he was Bo Jackson. You know, so, you know, sometimes you got to convince them, you know. But uh I, I think he's going to do fine. I think he, he is going to play a solid game, but I think he's going to give his players a chance to win. Terry Hanley is our guest from Auburn. Last year at the end, Cadillac Williams captured not just the Auburn family, but I think he captured the college football nation with his enthusiasm. Where is he and, and what is he doing? What's his role now? Well, I saw him. I saw him here the other day, and and uh, of course he's assistant head coach. Is in title, if that means anything. But uh, listen, Auburn loves him, and he loves Auburn. So, and uh, and I was just reading here earlier. You know what I mean? That uh, they seem to be on to a running back that everybody that this uh, recruit reminds them so much of Cadillac. If, if they if if they do have a lead on a on a player like that, then uh, they got them a good one. Let's put it that way. And on the opposite side of the ball, are, are you expecting any big changes on on Auburn's defense? Just sort of philosophically, with with Hugh Freeze in charge of the entire program. I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, not a huge difference. I think they don't. I think they don't pretty much stay. You know, nearly every one of them now, Lars. Don't you agree that they all run a similar type defense? Nobody runs a five-man front anymore, right? I mean, yeah. 
you know, and I mean, they got these athletes that's got to, they've got to run. They got these linebackers and, and, and all that have to run to cover these guys, you know, and it's a triple option, you know, whatever offense they run there to get those, because all they're looking is to get a player out in space. I mean, the offense is looking to get a player out in space and defense has got to stop it. So I, I don't see any big changes in the uh, in the defense. It's going to be be earth shattering, you know. Uh, anywhere in the FCC, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, with with Steele now over at, at Alabama, you know, he, he gives he it's what play you call on defense to stop the guy. That's where you become famous, right? <laughs> and if you call more than win, <laughs> that you win, and your players are in the right position to stop that play. I think the more well known you get, and, and the better, and the more well known your defense is uh, is is respected for too. You're seeing more and more teams. Uh, their base defense is four two five. Yeah, that's what that's what Ron Roberts uh, ran at Baylor, and he's going to yep. run it at, at uh, Auburn. Um, when you were playing, could you ever imagine facing a four two five defense? <laughs> <laughs> There was nine of them on the line when I played. <laughs> That's because they knew you were getting the football. Well, when you're 70% of the offense, I guess they they going to be right 70% of the time, right? I mean, uh, they, you know, now Sullivan, it was a little bit different, but my goodness, you know, when we'd come out of, we'd come out of the huddle, there'd be, there'd be nine men lined up on the line of scrimmage, but... Somehow or another, we made it through it. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, but let, let me tell you something. That, that facility down there, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, you know, I, I, the showers, where they take the showers and everything. I mean, here we had two or three shower heads when I in the showers, uh, that we, uh, that I played in. And I remember Bob Ferrier used to get in and take a shower before the game, and somebody asked him, said, why are you taking a shower before the game? He said, well, you know, it's going to be crowded in here after the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you so, took, what, a halftime uh, with a blow dryer to your hair. But well, that's, uh, well, I did. I used to dry my hair at halftime. I mean, I want, you know, you got to run back on the field. Vanity never lost on Terry Henley. Terry, <laughs> no. thanks yeah. for your time. Continued y'all success. The, y'all the best, guys. Keep it yeah, up. Thanks, I, thank so. you, guys. All right. Hey, man. You got you to gotta, look good to play good. Oh, good grief. Oh, and believe it or not, I'm, I wasn't there, but I don't think he's kidding. Oh, no, he's wow. not. We've, uh, totally we've just hit the tip of the iceberg on Big Noon Sports. Lots to talk about when we get back. You're listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. With no fees. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. 
Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Rumsey Environmental, a one-stop shop serving West Alabama for all of your waste removal needs. If you're in the construction business, take a little bit of stress out of your life. The construction debris removal containers customized to fit your job site. The portable toilet service, the storage containers to protect your valuables. It's Rumsey Environmental for that complete waste removal service. When you have to know it's being done right, that's the time to call Rumsey Environmental. 205-248-0002, RumseyEnvironmental.com. on Big Noon Sports. Hey, I'm Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. Big thanks and a shout out to Chef Shirey who is producing our show and also to Lars' neighbor who uh, is if anything he's scheduled uh, about every Tuesday afternoon at about 12.05. He cranks up his lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, he uh, does. Yeah, yeah, you have to do that. Uh, I'll tell you this real quickly. You know, Karen is here and she's just so careful to just walk from room to room and get everything so quietly. Unfortunately, our cat is not. It will just fly through, knock crap everywhere. So anyway, uh, enough about our home life for right now. Uh, two really good stories. We talked about, of course, Field of Dreams, and Hanley's always a great guest. Uh, I hate to kind of do a, a 180 here, but I've read about this story since last week, and then when I read about it earlier today, a great concern. Uh, Patriots cornerback Jack Jones. Lars, I'm sure you're aware of this, but he was in an airport, Logan Airport. He had a loaded firearm with a large capacity to load and reload. They are now talking about the possibility of the cornerback getting up to 30 years. Now, I, I think that the story was written in order to get clicks I don't ever think it's going to be that much, but I think when you stack everything, all the charges on top, uh, that could possibly happen. But uh, it's a very troubling story, and it's not just related to you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a public figure like him. He's a cornerback for the New England Patriots, for goodness sakes. I just don't understand. I'm not. This is not a gun issue. It's a mental issue. How, how do you go to an airport with all this weaponry? And, and ammunition. I'm just baffled. Like, I'm expecting yeah. you to have the answer I, I, to it. But. Well, no. I, I mean, I, I'd say that uh, uh, Jack Jones's future with New England uh, does not look very bright. Um, as you mentioned, uh, he was arrested after bringing two loaded guns on a uh, on a LA bound flight uh, at Boston's Logan Airport, and um, now he's facing charges that unlawful possession of a firearm, carrying a loaded firearm, possession of a large capacity feeding device, and a possession of ammunition without a firearm identification card. 
So he, he's bringing on a gun that is designed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to kill as many, to kill as much as fa- as much as possible as fast as possible, right? And uh, it's a, it's like you would be a terrorist, exactly. You know? Uh, and I, and, I'm sure that's why the he does. Are huge. He, yeah, you could. He, you can't mess around on airplanes. I mean, I get it. Like in almost every flight, there's some knucklehead who says something inappropriate that you know. Uh, if this was just right post 9/11, would get you in a lot of trouble. But you know, now you might it's get more, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no. So Jones, he could face over 30 years uh, in prison if he is convicted and sentenced consecutively. Um, apparently, the the Patriots are quote livid uh, unquote about the arrest, according to the Athletic. And uh, boy, just. Just, uh, I, I, I don't understand why he put himself in this position. You know, I, I just, I don't get it. Uh, he's a fourth round draft pick in 2022. Uh, he played in 13 games last season, had two picks, and was expected to play a pretty important role for the Patriots this year. Well, that, that is certainly out the window. Uh, and, uh, I, I just, I don't understand the mindset. I don't understand the mindset of bringing a loaded weapon that uh, that has the capacity to uh, discharge a lot of bullets in a very short amount of time. Why would you bring that onto an airplane of all places? I, I it, it it really this is a head scratching, uh, disturbing story. Lars, just a quick question because you, you can keep up more with the contractual deals in the NFL and elsewhere. But um, are the Patriots obligated when anybody's charged with a felony or all bets off as far as paying? Um, yes, uh, I think so. So he signed a four-year contract on the rookie scale. That pays him uh, eight hundred seventy thousand this season and four point four million in total, and uh, they the Patriots they have not made a public decision on him, but uh, you would think I don't know this for a fact, but you would think they could cut him without having to uh, pay uh, the rest of the contract because committing a felony. Uh, is I would assume in breach of the contract, <laughs> right? There's a there's a there's a minimum. Well, been stand- convicted. I, yeah, uh, I know. So so they so. can't so they can't release him. I, I wouldn't think, but or or maybe it's like conduct, you know, unbecoming. Uh, I, I I don't know what the language is in in your typical NFL contract. So uh, I don't know, but I, like I said, I, I, I would have a hard time believing he's ever going to play for the Patriots again. Well, somebody will give him another chance, you know, yeah, if, he, if he's if he's not uh, locked away for a long time. Um, uh, and speaking of contracts, and this is uh, totally different in many, many, many ways, but John Morant, with his uh, twenty-five game suspension is going to lose like seven and a half million dollars. Now when these guys get fined a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand, you know, that you kinda just go, okay, that's like Lars and 
Matt losing twenty fifty dollars, but seven point two five I think was the final number. I, now that will damage even a millionaire's wallet. So it was just yeah. another contract thing that popped in the head. Yeah, um, I, I still don't know if uh, he. I, I've heard that he's lost, or I've read that he's lost a uh, multi-million-dollar endorsement deal, um, and uh, over his uh, behavior of, of keeping of repeatedly showing guns uh, on social media. Um, and uh, yeah, he is uh, obviously stepping away uh, from the game for a little bit. Um, but uh, man, when he is on the court, he he was poised to become, I think, the face of the NBA. I mean, he post LeBron, post Steph Curry, John Morant was the next one in line, uh, just electrifying. And and but man, just seeing him brandish a gun on Instagram and. Uh, second time in three months that he was caught with a firearm on social media. Just uh, and he said and I, he wouldn't do it again. <laughs> and he yeah, did it I know. Again. And he did it again. And uh, the thing is, I, I I don't believe he's breaking any laws by doing that. But I'm sure he's breaking some term of of the contract. And uh, and it's and he got 25 games. Which is uh, a significant suspension. I thought it was actually going to be longer. And he also said that he is seeking uh, mental health uh, assistance. So there, there may be some things going on with Jaw that that we don't know. Doctor and, and don't need and, and don't need to know, frankly. Doctor J. Julius Irving, one of my all-time favorite players, has his own Mount Rushmore. Might surprise you. We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kids do on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Briar Spray Foam. It's Matthew Breyer's Spray Foam Insulation, Open Cell, Closed Cell, Injection Foam Insulation, Crawl Space Encapsulation. If you want to save some money on your power bill, you'll find Breyer's Spray Foam. Protect that investment. Dedicated Spray Foam Insulation Pros of Tuscaloosa County. You can read more about it, including some great reviews. BriarSprayFoam.com. Find them on Facebook. 205-546-8319, 205-546-8319. Let Matthew Breyers come out, do a free quote and evaluation. It's Breyers Spray Foam. 
We save between 60 and $90 every single month on our power bill because we chose to let Matthew Breyers and Breyers Spray Foam come out and protect our investment. Breyers Spray Foam. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly cloudy with scattered showers and thunderstorms all through this afternoon. That's on high of 86. Tonight you can expect mostly cloudy skies. This evening a small chance to shower overnight. Below by morning at 67. And for your Wednesday, partly sunny to mostly cloudy at times. Scattered showers and thunderstorms developing again with a daytime high of 81. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. Big Men Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Seth Shirey. He's at the controls back at our flagship station, Tide 100.9. Just a quick quip that I read here in the last 24 hours. They asked Dr. J who would be on his Mount Rushmore. And um, I found it interesting. He selected players more of his era. I think everybody in the world's up in arms because he didn't uh, mention Michael Jordan LeBron James or Magic Johnson, which, by the way, I'll add this up front. He didn't mention himself either, but he said, and I quote, it's Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, and it's Oscar Robinson, Robertson, and it's Jerry West, and it's Elgin Baylor. Well, I guess they got to put a fifth uh, person up on Mount Rushmore. But is that a big deal? I mean, when a Dr. J, who is so respected, and I've met him a couple of times, he's a really good man, a smart guy, great businessman. But is that just something that uh, people like Matt Coulter pick up in the, when they read the, the morning, uh, not newspaper, but uh, when I read my, my uh, morning notes? Is, is that a big deal when he doesn't mention guys that are so prominently put on everybody else's Mount Rushmore? You know, he's trying to make a point. And the point is, is that, um, there was a lot of great players before 1992 that don't get talked about anymore, right? Prior to the Michael Jordan era, uh, there were, you know, the big O, Oscar Robinson, Russell, as he said, uh, who, won more championships than any other player. Uh, Elgin Baylor, who is, uh, by the way, that's Dr. J's all-time favorite player, and uh, and Wilt Chamberlain. So he, he's going, that's his best five. That's why he chose five, I guess, because uh, starting five. Well, starting five, sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think he's just saying that these players deserve to be recognized uh, more than they are currently for laying down the foundation that uh, the NBA has now, uh, you know, built this uh, this huge money making machine, and, uh, and 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 so many players are benefiting from the performances of Oscar Robinson, Bill Russell, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, and, and Wilt Chamberlain, and. Um, I never saw any of those guys play, uh, unfortunately. I really wanted to see, um, Will Chamberlain, 
but uh, that that never happened. But I, I, I kind of I, I like what Dr. J is doing because uh, he realizes that he still has a voice that people listen to, especially guys like you and me, because I, I absolutely love Dr. J. I mean, I still remember that team with him and uh, Andrew Tony and uh, from Birmingham, say, Alabama. Uh, all roads lead to Alabama. I had no idea. A- A- Andrew Tony was one of my favorite players just because he was such a great That's shooter. That's because you were the type of player that would get across the mid court stripe and launch. And launch, it. yeah. And, and that's uh, who Andrew Tony was. Um, uh, fascinating Dar- shooter. And Daryl Daryl Dawkins was on that team. Uh, anyway, that 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 that, that was a, a really fun team to watch. So. I I uh, applaud Dr. J, frankly, for for coming out and, and saying this. And uh, all right, Matt, who would your oh, I knew it was gonna Mount Rushmore be? This is why I, I, I hesitated to bring this up because I knew you would ask me. Oh, gee, I mean, okay, um, I'm really a lot yeah. about what Dr. J said because I'm an old school guy, and I saw all the guys he mentioned play not in person but i watched him on television of the guys that he mentioned oh okay of the guys uh, that he mentioned who do you think belongs on the list right because i mean he is uh he's basically he's saying oscar robinson who i think oscar robinson is my dad's favorite player oscar robinson bill russell elgin baylor jerry west chamberlain of those guys if you had to pick one I know who I'd pick, but if you had to pick one, of who those would you? guys who would uh, of uh, I would have to pick Bill Russell first. Okay, me too. The, uh, he won ten championships, uh, and he was a great post player, but he was a great player. He was a great teammate, and, and it, I, in the end, he was a coach. Uh, but I just always had the utmost respect, and I, I want everybody to know uh, that this is coming from a Wilt Chamberlain seventy sixers guy. Okay, so. Uh, I've always, even Sixers fans will say today, uh, Knicks fans will say, uh, that Russell was just a, a man of their era. And even though you fiercely didn't like the Celtics, you had to respect Russell. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my first, yours too, correct? Yes. And then, uh, uh Jordan. Okay. I would put Jordan. On the uh, list, would LeBron? you? I, well, that needs to be discussed. <laughs> would you take LeBron over Magic Johnson? Oh, golly! I don't know whether Nick, we need to continue this on Big Noon Sports or just go to Bob's because this can last two or three hours. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I'll just I'll just tell you what mine are. Mine, mine would be Bill Russell, Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson and begrudgingly LeBron James. What about Bird? I would I would love to have Bird on there, but you, you, there's no way that you could compare Bird to LeBron James. I mean, just overall impact and and Bird just wasn't as uh, I, I I hate to say anything negative about Larry Bird because I love Larry Bird, but I, I just don't think uh, he has had had the impact or could impact a game the way that LeBron James has consistently through his career. What about Steph Curry? 
Well, <laughs> are we going to wait until his yeah. career is over? Well, well, well I, the same thing. With I mean, it, it, it sort of depends on what your criteria are for going on to Mount Rush, NBA's Mount Rushmore. But I just think for overall impact, Russell, Jordan, Magic, LeBron. Would you agree to this as we prepare for the top of the hour break? Um, I would say of all the players we've just talked about, that MGA would be my first selection. He'd get top left. Yeah. Uh, what about Maravich? At the college level, he'd be on mine. But at the NBA level, he was not nearly as effective. But uh, as but a guy, at, that at, would, at the college level, he would be. He would be on mine. I mean, he averaged forty-four points a game, and if they'd had the three-point. Uh, line back in his era, somebody went back and did the math on his I shots think, and said yeah, he would like average 50. 51 points a game. But, uh, oh, the, I, my college basketball Mount Rushmore would likely be vastly different from oh, yeah. the NBA. Uh, yeah. and in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it would. So anyway, uh, that was a fun one to, to roll out there real quickly. Yes. And, um, I think Larry Bird would if it was if it if it was five, right? If it was five, like uh, Dr. J, I would put Larry Bird as my fifth. I so. think in the case of basketball, you have to put a fifth face on the mountain. Yeah. And by the way, uh, that's bucket list. I've never seen that in person. Have you? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I got I got family in South Dakota. Been there many many times. It's awesome. Highly recommend oh. it. Well there's a certain part of this country and i've been fortunate enough to travel everywhere but like the montana wyoming the south dakota yeah, i mean areas. you really you, you do think when you're out there that you're about ready to fall off the face of the planet because it is barren 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 but the uh the uh, mount rushmore is in the black hills uh, of south dakota and it is how far is that from lincoln gorgeous uh, that's a good like twelve-hour drive north. Wow! See, yeah. I don't have a, a real good gauge on distances up there because you can just drive for hours and not see a gas station, much less anything else. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's let it fly. Next hour, Tim Brando. No telling what he's going to say, but he'll say it on Big Noon Sports. By the way. This show is being presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Check in a minute.
securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. If you're clothing around town on game days, check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. Luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Yori, Grayson, and Miz Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley. Luxury game day apparel redefined. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A town square media station. Bringing you the show this hour, every hour, 10 hours a week. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson. Sept is with us as well. Just to recap what we talked about the first hour, Field of Dreams coming to Rickwood Field. We heard about it last week. It was all but confirmed. But today, Major League Baseball confirmed. And Gerald Watkins, the chairman of the Friends of Rickwood, was on with us earlier. And he confirmed it. June 18th, they'll start with the Classic barons and the biscuits and then they'll get to play in the game june 20th uh i'm pretty jacked up about that as uh everyone might imagine so there's your lead everybody embrace it and enjoy it lars all right so we're gonna go off of sports just for a second here because today is a important anniversary and that is the 48 years ago today jaws was released can you believe it's been 48 years? Well, it's um, already starting out bad because it makes <laughs> me... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Jaws. Mm. Yeah, and it really it created the uh, concept of the summer blockbuster, right? And, uh, you know, it got me thinking, what is the your top five scariest movies of all time? And... I will begin. I would say, and I, I know what a, a lot of people believe is the number one, but I'm not going to go quite that way. I absolutely was terrified by Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I Based, knew that's what you that, would that, say. That, that's, that's my number one all time is uh, The Shining. I've been to the, the hotel uh, that uh, that the movie is uh, shot in, and um, yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it is it, it's 
I, I think that's the best performance of Jack Nickel or of uh, sorry of uh, of Jack Nicholson's Jack career. Nick, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was and really. He was scary, but he was scary good. Um, yeah, and it's like you you experience his slow descent into madness. Is this because you're a writer? <laughs> yes. And he said all um, work and no play makes you uh, a dull boy. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. all he typed over and over. <laughs> uh, um, and, uh, yeah, so based on Stephen King... Uh, novel The Shining and, and Stanley Kubrick then adapted it and uh, man it was just uh, an unnerving take on the traditional uh, haunted house story right <laughs> it's really uh, just you never know what's what's happening or what's or you never know what's coming next in, in that but uh, what what is your number one all-time scariest? Okay. Uh, scary. This is scary intense uh, because I am not a horror movie guy. I don't like that kind of stuff at all. But you're talking about the stuff that grabs you and compels you throughout the entire movie. Um, it came out when I was uh, in high school. But uh, The Exorcist had an effect on me. Yeah. Okay. Pretty, so that, that's pretty a messed up movie. I mean, pretty messed up situation. On, on on most lists that that you look at for scariest of all time, and and Rolling Stone did a huge uh, thing on this uh, back like last year. Exorcist is number one. And uh, do you remember the, the 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 plot of Exorcist? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, oh, uh, it. I went to watch that movie for some reason at a drive-in, and I wanted to leave. It just yeah, I mean it. It, it like caused like mass hysteria in the country, right? From you remember from pro, Tubular from, Bells, the yeah. Theme the the musicians that did it. Nah, 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 nah. I am. Um, oh, let's see which one of those. Um, I think I would have to take The Exorcist over uh, The Shining, but you also have to. Remember how great Jack Nicholson was. And you remember Scatman Crothers? God, he was awesome in that movie. Yeah. Took one of the axe to the chest, he did. But uh, <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Uh, Texas Chainsaw not, Massacre. Did you ever see, see I, that? I, I, I consider that's the only horror movie I have ever seen. From beginning to end, I've, I've never watched them. I only went to watch that because it was a date. That's what she wanted to see. That was back when I was like 16, 17 years old. But see, I, I consider that a horror movie as opposed to a scary. Is there a difference in your in your? Uh, yeah, horror is a, another level. It's uh, like like blood and guts and people's heads flying off and the, the Freddies and the Jasons of the world. Yeah, and uh, and speaking of the Jasons of the world, like if you go, like what was the first movie in the uh, slasher genre, right? I think it was Halloween <laughs> because uh, back in '78, uh, and uh, man, it it had some uh, gore in it, had tension, um, and uh, it, it, the 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 mask 
Michael Myers mask. Uh, it's become Is legendary. That's the one Jamie Lee Curtis was in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That would have been the only uh, attractive thing about that. Hey, this guy's like uh, many years younger than us. Seth, turn your mic on if you can. Back in the studios there in Tuscaloosa. Seth, you there? I got you. I got you. All right. Oh, uh, horror movie. You got one? I mean, do, I do, mean, do kids of your generation go see that stuff now? Absolutely, yes. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. Y'all brought up a good point, and honestly, The Shining, I always, when people ask me, I say The Shining's my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, yeah. But you do bring up a good point with it. It's like, yeah, it's a horror movie, but it's not quite in the same, you know, maybe slasher category like a Freddy or a Jason. Um, well, they, they, they're a little, it's a little deeper. Yeah, mentally, that's what, that's right? What I mean. And I, those are the movies that I tend to like the most. So yeah, I'm going. Shining is my favorite horror movie ever, for sure. How about Blair Witch Project? I found that really scary when it came out. Uh, I know it was like a, a low budget thing, but uh, Never that was good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would you consider Shaw Shawshank Redemption a a no. horror movie? No, that's more of a drama. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what's a good new horror movie if you're all looking for one is Hereditary. came out yes. in 2018. I thought Hereditary was one of the best, scariest, most well-done horror movies I've really? seen really ever. Somebody give me an update on this. Give me a 15-second trailer. You will be scared out of your mind. That's, that's your uh, synopsis. <laughs> very weird, very weird movie. Very weird, unsettling. Here, here, what about uh, what about the original Psycho, right? Oh, With Al- Alfred uh, Hitchcock. See, that was uh, brilliant cinematography. Yeah, it was Norman uh, Bates. Great. Yeah. Uh, see, that's more along. That was the lines that was nineteen sixty. That was nineteen sixty. So that I think that really marked uh, the the first sort of modern horror movie. Was uh, Psycho with uh, again Alfred Hitchcock and Anthony per- Alfred Hitchcock directing Anthony Perkins, and uh, just like he was just the essence of the creepy mama's boy Norman Bates. Oh man, like, I can't believe Psycho came out in 1960. Hitchcock. Um, how about uh, Silence of the Lambs too? Forgot about that. Ooh, creepy. Oh, uh, Hitchcock. I was thinking of another one he did. Uh, the bird scared me to the back room of our house when I watched it. Uh, I'm not even sure I ever see, saw the ending. Because uh, that was so real because birds were everywhere. The next morning I got up, got up, went outside. There were birds. Kind of freaked you out for a couple of days. But uh, <laughs> Hitchcock was uh, an amazing director. But uh, yeah. this has also been an amazing dive. <laughs> but uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, with uh, Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, I mean that that was really I thought excellent, and Jodie Foster was was wonderful in that movie as well. She's still around. Oh. Um, she was unbelievable. Intact. What about Jaws? So the, did the original oh, Jaws? Just, we just sorry, let, way away from yeah. That. Let's, sorry, let's circle back. So today is the 48 year anniversary of the day of the release of Jaws. And I saw it in the theater, and it scared the living daylights out. Gosh, you know, it came out in 1975, 
So I must have seen it in 76, and I still remember it. I was five. What are my parents doing taking me as a five-year-old to see Jaws? I, I Seriously. <laughs> really? My parents yeah. took me to see The Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. All right. True story. We'll go to break, and we'll get Brando on here, and we'll, we'll change the subject. But uh, that was my senior year in high school. And all the kids, all of my friends, everybody were going to see Jaws and they would come back to school and they would talk all about it. I just, I loved the beach at the time. And I told myself, I'm not going to see that movie because I like going to Orange Beach. And I don't want that to be frightening every time I stick my toe in the water. So I didn't go. I don't think I saw Jaws for probably five or six years. Uh, and then, and now I don't go into the water. So, <laughs> uh, especially with uh, those that are swirling around our coast now. But uh, not that you ever go to the beach, Lars, but would you go right now, Orange Beach, right there outside of the Florabama, and immerse your entire body in water over your head? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> what are the yeah, odds, I, right? <laughs> Famous last words. Well, uh, what a what an interesting segment there, Lars. Uh, when we get back, slow, slow sports time. It, it is. Uh, when we get back, uh, things will increase to a rapid pace. As one only Tim Brando from Fox Sports will join us on Big Noon Sports. Presented by Haley Samsung Union Home Mortgage. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. What if you could help? Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly cloudy with scattered showers and thunderstorms. We're this afternoon. Today come high about 86. Tonight you can expect mostly cloudy skies. This evening, small chance to shower overnight. Below by morning at 67. Then for your Wednesday, partly sunny to mostly cloudy at times. Scattered showers and thunderstorms developing again with a daytime high of 81. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. All of you that have uh, dialed us in on this sunny Tuesday, not as hot and humid. But you know, Lars, it's it's coming up. You know where it gets hotter and more humid, if I put that grammatically correct, <laughs> um, is where 
our next guest, and we'll get to Tim in just a minute. I understand he's unloading his car. I don't know what he's. Is he what? Is he leaving bowling practice? Do he play golf? That's probably it. But uh, <laughs> if you've been, have you been to Shreveport, the part of Louisiana that? Uh, yes. Yes. It is. Uh, and, and, my and, family. Uh, a lot of my family is from Southern Arkansas, El Dorado, that area. And if you think it's hot and humid here, go there. And Brando can back that up as uh, Tim Brando from Fox Sports joins us right now. I don't know if you knew this or not, Tim, but uh, I spent a lot of summers in El Dorado. Um, yeah. I know my my grandfather worked diligently for Lion Oil. You remember Lion Oil? Oh, yeah. Uh, for, for years. And we would go there the summers and we would go, man, this is hotter than Alabama. Um, I don't. I don't know how you do it. Um, heck, to be that. <laughs> to be honest with you, Tim, I don't know how we do it in Alabama. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. A little windblown, as well as uh, overheated at times. But uh, you know, we're hanging in there, just to, like everybody else. Um, I, I gather that the uh, storms that knocked out uh, all of our power. We had over 250,000 people, including us, that lost power on Friday night. We got. We were fortunate. We got ours back. Um, actually, it was late Thursday night into Friday morning when we lost it. We got it back on Saturday night in time for the Tennessee LSU baseball game. But we still probably have about 100,000 that no longer have service because of that 80-mile-per-hour hurricane on land. It was a dry land hurricane is what happened for about an hour. And uh, Chateau Brando got rattled, but it's still standing. And uh, other than... Uh, my fence on the left side of my house, uh, we don't have any issues, so no structural damage, but we got plenty of it. Four, four trees on one house just a few blocks away from where I am. So we, wow. we dodged a big time bullet, uh, with that storm that came through. It, it hammered Mississippi in a really bad way and was even worse there. Um, but we got through it and, um, let's just say generator sales are on a premium right now. <laughs> In Southwest Arkansas, East Texas, and Northwest Louisiana. <laughs> uh, hey, Tim, before we get into sports, okay, which we love and we'll talk about, we uh-huh. were just talking about Lars brought up the fact is what is it forty eight years, Lars? Yeah, since yeah. Jaws was released, summer blockbuster, all that. Uh, what what's a movie? And I'm not. I don't, I don't want to go horror. Okay, I don't want to go Halloween and. All that no. kind of stuff. What's a scary movie like a Jaws that really, uh, I don't know, impacted you? I don't think as a Catholic being raised uh, in the 60s that there was any movie that could have scared you any more than The Exorcist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That that movie was uh, a life changer for a, for a lot of I, I call myself a, a guilty Catholic raised in the 60s. And, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I practice Catholicism. I'm not as, um, uh, I'm not as devout as some, but I'm devout enough that that scared the living hell out of me. Okay. And, <laughs> and I think most people my age that were, you know, that movie I think came out in 73. I believe that's right. 73 or 74. Right before Jaws, and I would say that's the one that uh, got me. Uh, Every time I hear tubular bells, I just uh, <laughs> my my skin crawls. 
Michael Oldfield's tubular bells always uh, makes my skin soft. Tim, before we get into uh, various topics in college football, I wanted to ask you about LSU baseball. Um, they lost a tough one last night, uh, and now they're uh, facing uh, elimination. But uh, and LSU fans are representing well with the Jello shots. We know that records are being set, but oh, but yeah. sort of big picture. Why, why has the LSU baseball program been so good for so long? Like, how how, do, how would you explain that to someone like me who just frankly doesn't know that much about college baseball? I was there for the birth of it. I was working in local television uh, at WAFB Channel 9 in, in Baton Rouge when Kip Berkman was hired. It was right after uh, Bob Broadhead had become the athletic director and uh, working for Joe Robbie in Miami. Uh, he was very well acquainted with what Ron Fraser had done, and the Miami program was probably the the program that was uh, on the East Coast and, and Southeast, if you will, that that was considered a power program at at that time. And really, all the power teams in college baseball before Fraser got it going at Miami were West Coast based. You know, it was Mike Brock. Uh, Rod Dato at USC with all those great teams. My buddy Freddie Lynn played for him, uh, as did Dave Winfield. So many other great, you know, Barry Bond played for Mike Brock, uh, at Arizona State. That was a power program. Arizona was a great program. Stanford with Mark Marquis. Uh, there were some established programs out west. Uh, I'd say probably Ron Polk at Mississippi State. And uh, Ron Frazier at, at, at Miami were the two programs that sort of propped up the Southeast Corridor and on the on the uh, Atlantic Seaboard of, of college baseball. Uh, when Bergman was hired, he was the brains, really, and, and Frazier admittedly was the promoter of what made Miami great. And, and Bergman, who was an outstanding uh, coach with pitchers, he was a career catcher, uh, in Miami, it, it's been a great high school coach there. He came and, and he had enough of Ron Frazier's ability to, as a as a salesman, really, to get uh, the LSU community to buy into baseball. And it was a dormant program. I mean, in 82, 83, when you went to a, a, a baseball game there, uh, you, there might have been a few birds and maybe a couple of people getting snow cones, and that was about it. No one really showed up. And there was no investment made into sport. And Bergman uh, got the business community involved, and he knew he had a sleeping giant. He was every bit the promoter of baseball that Dale Brown was promoter of basketball. I think they were on the same level uh, of being able to do that. The difference was uh, Kip got the national titles, and he got them. He got multiple national titles. But you know, he went to a lot of. College World Series before he actually won. Uh, in, 80, in 85, you might recall, Miami won the national title. The Mississippi State had Palmero and Clark, Thunder and Lightning and all that, and um, they got knocked out. And many people still believe they won the national title that year, but they didn't. Uh, but in 86, Skip got him there in just his second year uh, as a head coach, and then he went back. He was a perennial uh, CWS uh, contestant, and uh, they knocked on the door in '86, '87, again in '89, 
Uh, that year, Ben McDonald, the great pitcher that was the first round pick of the Orioles, now he's working the game for the SEC Network and for ESPN. Ben gave up a, a walk-off home run to Stanford. Uh, they, that team could have possibly won a national title, but they got their first in 91. I was there for that, calling that series. And then again in 93 with the great Todd Walker, who's also doing a lot of baseball. Todd grew up in Bossier City, Louisiana, and he actually helped build my house. His, um, his father-in-law was the builder of my house and my high school baseball coach. So <laughs> I know his roots really well. But that that's why. Uh, they they uh, And because they were great and maybe the greatest of SEC programs in college baseball, this city just adopted uh, baseball as, as really its biggest sport. And when LSU lost Dale Brown, as it said, basketball coach, and they spiraled a little bit, had some success under John Brady, went to the Final Four in 06. But their basketball program really lost its um, its stability. And and baseball, I think, uh, in Baton Rouge, is the second largest sport. It's the one that everyone's talking about all the time. Once football season's over, there's more conversation about baseball than there is about basketball. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that sentiment, uh, but because of the instability of the basketball program, uh, LSU baseball really takes over that community uh, after football ends. Tim, we haven't had a chance to talk to you since the SEC meetings concluded in Destin. And, um, you know, one story was that they decided to uh, stick with eight-game conference schedule as opposed to nine. I just want to get your general reaction to uh, what you gathered uh, from uh, coming out of the SEC meetings and just sort of where the SEC is heading. Well, as you know, it made a little news what I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, did, it did make a little news. Uh, and, 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 and listen, I, I just, um, I, I, I say what I see. I always have. And that's, I think people expect that. Uh, and I feel uh, that that there's a responsibility uh, for me as someone who fashions himself himself as a college football guy. Uh, what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And and for 15 months, the Southeastern Conference uh, prepared itself and prepared the media uh, for a nine-game schedule. Once we went to a 12-team uh, college football playoff format, which of course, as you know, starts. Uh, not this year, but next. So when they made this decision to stay at eight, uh, it ran contrary to uh, all the messages that they had sent out. And, uh, you know, I found that to be disingenuous at best. And rather than just admitting, and this is to me the reason why I was so very critical, rather than just admitting that the presidents of these universities that that outvoted the idea of going to nine, which I absolutely believe Commissioner Sankey wanted to go to and, I, and still wants to go to. When he got outvoted on this, he decided not to not to take the lead and yield to these presidents of the schools that are what? Uh, that relevant? No, not really. Presidents of the schools that were leading the church today at eight, they want to get the bowl eligibility. It's about getting to win. <laughs> it's not about winning championships. It's not, it's not Georgia. It's not LSU. It's not, 
it, you know, it's not Bama. Although Nick, when he found out that his, uh, you know, conveniently when he found out that, you know, his uh, his rivalries, the Alabama would be Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU, conveniently sided with the commissioner and, and maybe a few presidents saying he's okay with eight now. You know, for the first time, a great politician, uh, Nick Saban is. But I just thought it was, was disingenuous, and frankly, just come forward and tell us that the only way you're going to play a nice game is if ESPN gives you more money. That was the elephant, pardon the pun, in the room that no one wanted to talk about publicly, but was the truth. It was the underlying conversation among all the movers and shakers uh, in, in Destin, and I didn't have to be there to know that. Uh, so I just said what I thought, and... Uh, and I and I still feel that way. I think that it'll. I think they'll pay a price for it if they stay with nine games. Uh, some are saying that it'll just be a one-off that they'll they'll go to nine the following year. Well, okay, but you may be costing somebody who winds up with a nine and three record in 2024 a visit to the college football playoff. I think the potential of uh, teams that could be vying for the tenth, eleventh, or twelfth position. Uh, the committee, if it finally does what it's supposed to do, and that is require strength of schedule really being a factor. You know, when you're only talking about four teams, that, it's not a big deal. It's easy to side with the brand when you're only picking four teams. But when you're getting down to 10, 11, and 12, and there are multiple teams across the country with nine and three records, and they come from power conferences that are playing nine games versus the SEC with eight, I think the potential is there that they might lose the spot, that the SEC could lose the team having a chance of being in the playoff when they go to 12. Tim, there's no question right now, two weeks ago, that you will speak your mind. I very much appreciate that. A lot of broadcasters at your level uh, do not, and um, I respect that. But uh, respect the question coming right back at you too, please, sir. Um, yeah. There are a lot of speculation that you can make these comments uh, because you're you're a Fox guy, you're a Big Ten guy, and uh, makes it a little softer, perhaps, uh, or, or uh, easier to criticize the SEC. I would just like to know your reaction to that criticism. I think the reaction to that criticism would be self-evident. When I was at CBS, I crucified the BCS, crucified it. Who was the founder of the BCS? The commissioner of the Southeastern Conference at that time, Roy Kramer. Uh, I crucified the BCS from the moment it was born. And, and by the way, um, I, I said at the time I felt it was a step in the right direction, but they were selling it as a playoff when, in fact, it wasn't. It was two teams. Um, I was working for the guy that co-authored that, Tony Petiti, who's now the commissioner of the Big Ten. So... Uh, that, I've, that that's just simply not true. That's not the case. And uh, to be perfectly frank with you, uh, <laughs> the the notion that that I could uh, say anything other than just what I honestly believe to be true is a statement of really the kind of trust that, if anything, it just shows the trust that the company I have that I work for has in me to say what I see. I don't know that other people working at other companies have that same um, uh, that same kind of um, 
extension that they can feel comfortable saying what they believe to be true. And if that's the case, then I I understand. And I, I tried to, to, to throw that out there with my criticism. I tried to make it clear that it was pretty obvious that direct questions could be asked, but they weren't. And there was a reason why they weren't asked, okay? Because you don't want to get in trouble either with your superiors, the people you work for, or with the commissioner's office. And, um, you know, look, the bottom line is, yeah, it came off, I'm sure, and landed in such a manner that some believed I was throwing a, a shot across the bow at my friend of over 35 years, uh, Paul Feinbaum. That was not the case. That was absolutely not the case. Now, if it landed that way and it hurt his feelings, uh, that you know, fine, I get that. It's not the first time I've hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, however, to say that somehow I'm, uh, uh, I lack character because when I get criticized, I happen to uh, block people on Twitter. To, to come after my character and assassinate it on the basis of a philosophy I have with Twitter is a little weak, in my opinion. So I'll answer it that way. Tim, uh, we can't stop here. Can you hang on for another break? Sure, absolutely. Uh -huh. awesome. he, he's the guy. I love the fact that he just... Yeah, in the, old, in the words of Howard Cosell, tell it like it is. Back, or I guess maybe Dandy Don said that. Brando will figure it out. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. When you mark smart downtown Northport for now four years, when you want to dominate the grill today or any day, you'll find the great steaks. You'll find the great entrees. Things that you will not find any other place, including the Double J Milk that's made right here in West Alabama. You'll find it at Mark's Mark. Selma, Alabama since 1978. We celebrate now four years in downtown Northport under that Roll Tide Bridge. Chicken entrees, steak entrees. You'll find the fresh vegetables, the Wonder Roast Chicken. Go see our friends, home of the chicken swirl since 1978. Mark's Mark downtown Northport. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Our guest from Fox Sports is Tim Brando. And every once in a while, Timmy, I just got to roll one out there. Did you ever play this song? Do you remember this song? Turn it up a little bit, Sap. I don't know if you even know, hear it, but 
One of those. Oh, yeah. Early, early they're not 70s. a high school band. They're not a high school <laughs> band that didn't play this song on Friday night in the South. That and uh, the horse by Cliff Nobles, but uh, <laughs> you and you and I could uh, go on and on and on about music trivia. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. We're, hey, we're not hey, before going to. we uh, before we roll, I, I'd like to clarify uh, something I said about my 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 presumed Twitter philosophy of every time I get criticized, uh, I block people. That's just absolutely patently untrue. Okay, patently false. Um, I have blocked people after I've engaged with them and given them a chance to refute something that I might have tweeted. And um, and if they become if they become uh, toxic, I, I get rid of them. I block them. I make no bones about that. But I always engage. I always uh, allow for the opportunity to, to talk with the fans. I did that when I had my radio show. I do it on Twitter. But once you violate that trust, you're gone. Okay? I don't have time for you. That's just always been my philosophy. And I don't know that uh, all of us in the uh, in the business of broadcast journalism have gone through what a lot of play-by-play guys go through while they're on the air, just being absolutely torpedoed. Uh, for the way they're calling the game. And a lot of times I've, I've had my own children attacked because of maybe something I said in the middle of a game. You know, if you've never had children or you've never been in the booth and you've never called a game and you don't understand how toxic that can become, then you have no business making a broad brush statement about what my Twitter philosophy might be. So I'll leave it there. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, a lot of people understand just uh, how hurtful it can be when you're hiding behind uh, Twitter to attack somebody. And I've been been there, too. All right. So, Tim, I have a question for you that I yep. think you are you are uniquely qualified to answer because you know the SEC very, very well. You know the Big Ten very, very well. Which conference is better equipped to deal with the future problems or, or to deal with the future or to thrive in the future? Which conference uh, would you say, with all of the different issues going on in college football, which conference is, again, better positioned for the future? You know, I'm going to give you maybe a politically correct response to this. And I, I'm, I'm chuckling about it because we've been talking about how, you know, I, I say what I feel and there's always seemingly an absolute uh, answer with me, never a gray one. But this is going to be a little gray. But I'll explain it this way, Lars. Uh, this is the way I explain it. From a financial standpoint, all right, from a purely financial standpoint, the Big Ten is absolutely bulletproof. Because of the size of their universities, because of the economy in the locations where their their teams play, because of the history and tradition, and some in our part of the world might think, oh, wait a minute, besides Ohio State and Michigan, who are we really talking about? Well, you've never been to Camp Randall in, in, in Madison, Wisconsin, then you just don't know. Okay, but that's... The, the history and tradition of that place 
and how it's done through the years. Uh, and again, the numbers that they have of enrollment, as well as um, not just enrollment, but alumni base of all these schools, okay, even ones that have, have struggled on the field, like, for instance, in Illinois, Brett Bielema has that team on the on the comeback. They're going to be a factor here in the next few years. But the reason is, from a financial standpoint, and this is what they're great at, the Big Ten is the best at making money. They absolutely make more money than any other college football conference in the country. What they're not as good at is hoisting the crystal. They haven't won championships, with the exception of Ohio State's under Urban, and that's been some time ago now. What was that, 14, 2014, I think it was. They've yeah. not hoisted crystal. The SEC is as uh, ready, okay, to handle the future of college football because of its understanding of who and what they are, their ability at winning championships in football and every other sport. Just watch the College World Series. Watch the women's softball. I mean, it's amazing how strong all of their sports are. And they're also the best at publicizing their sports. They are the public relations king of college athletics. And uh, I give Roy Kramer a ton of credit for that. You know, Roy didn't have a problem with me crucifying the BCS because in his mind, this is how leaders worked back then, fellas. Leaders like Roy Kramer thought of someone like me representing the SEC on national television being critical, he thought that was a good thing. He thought that was in the best interest of creating conversation about the sport. Today, if you go after a suit, they, they'll, they'll get you banned. They don't want you around. They don't want you on their air anymore. That's the difference in leadership from the Kramer generation, and I'd even include Mike Slive in that. I think Mike Slive had an approach where he he didn't mind being criticized as long as he thought that the criticism was fair. Uh, Today, it's not necessarily the case with all leaders at every level, and that's one of the reasons why college football, in my opinion, is going through so much difficulty. Uh, The leaders of the conferences, whether they're Power Five or or the so-called Group of Five, uh, these guys can't get along. They tell you that they're getting along, but then they get into a room and someone says something in a condescending tone, and uh, this commissioner gets pissed at that commissioner. That's why we had this whole issue going on uh, and couldn't get to the 12-team format you know, when, when we thought we would two years ago. And finally, it took uh, a couple of presidents, including uh, the one at Mississippi State, Anum is outstanding, to finally say, hey, guys, this, this has got to be done. Whether you guys get along or not, we've got to get something done here. But uh, I think the SEC and the Big Ten, it's basically a wash. I, I think it's a, a tie. Both are ready and both are most capable of handling what's ahead. What I would love to see is either the leader of the SEC or the leader of the Big Ten to prove that they are looking out for something besides their own constituency. That's been my argument all along, fellas. And I thought when Greg Sankey took the bull by the horns after COVID, he expressed the kind of leadership that I always wanted to see. 
And that was, everybody else follow along, this is what we're going to do. And ultimately, the Big Ten, who had screwed it up, the Pac-12 that had really screwed it up, finally got some sort of a season in, and we, we didn't lose all of college football that year. That was great strength. And I thought that that he was in that. But, but what happened here in Destin proved to me that he wasn't as strong, that he could not. He, he wanted unanimity, a unified group. In other words, if we don't vote on this and we're in complete unity, then we've got a problem. Uh, I'm sorry. If the vote is eight, uh, is, uh, 10 to 4 or, or 10 to 6 or 12 to 4, so be it. If you're the commissioner, you need to lead. Um, and I think that both he and Tony Petiti have a, have a great opportunity. Those the, the two commissioners of the two most powerful conferences, they're both really smart. Um, they're, they're, they're both, I think, well-meaning, measured in many respects. Both are measured men. Uh, but I think you need to see the proof sometimes. And, and uh, you know, what, what a broadcaster has to say should fall off you like, uh, you know, bad... Uh, Bad egg white left on a Teflon can. You know, leftover eggs on on a Teflon top. You know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter what somebody in the broadcasting world has to say. That's critical, and I see this happen all the time uh, in today's college football world, and it's unfortunate. Okay, on that note, going to break. Eggs over easy, scrambled. How's Tim Brando eat? Is a scrambled softly, not oh. not rough, but softly. Okay, and there for those of us that love breakfast, a flat scrambled egg, filling it softly. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> boom! All right, Tim. As always, thanks, man. That was great. Thank you. <laughs> you bet, fellas. Anytime. Take care. Oh. People understand how privileged we are to be able to listen to him. And if you don't agree with him, sometimes that's even better. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Lars and I'll be back to wrap up this Tuesday edition in literally a couple of minutes. Covering SCP sports like Kutsu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Nukes Eatery, University Boulevard, close enough that you can smell the championships. The new springtime salads are a feature cranberry almond chicken salad sandwich only for a limited time. Don't forget about the Nukes Q sandwich, which is that wonderful white bar barbecue sauce. You will find those, the pimento cheese, the salads, the California-style pizzas, those 12-layer cakes. It's Nukes, close enough that you can smell the championships, catering from a group of five to 500. Nukes, 205 University Boulevard, 205-758-2455. 
close enough that you can smell the championships. Go see our friends at Nukes. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at Chris ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partly cloudy with scattered showers and thunderstorms all through this afternoon. Today comes high about 86. Tonight you can expect mostly cloudy skies. This evening, a small chance of shower overnight. Below by morning at 67. And for your Wednesday, partly sunny to mostly cloudy at times. Scattered showers and thunderstorms developing again with the daytime high of 81. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. Back on Big News Sports, Matt Larsep. Appreciate you guys dialing us, you guys and gals, dialing us in on Tuesday afternoon. Thanks to Brando. He always just, uh, he puts it out there, and I appreciate that because, Lars, quite honestly, you see guys that uh, are in the position in the broadcasting world that Brando is, most of them, when they get to that level, they dial it back. They don't get out on social media. They don't go on big noon sports and make what often controversial statements, and um, I appreciate that. And uh, I know you do, too, because uh, it's just such a wacky world with all the social media. And, man, he gets absolutely skewered by people on yeah, social media. But he takes it. And he takes also the James Spann method, answer, respond, reply. And um, I, I think that's the way to go. But anyway. And I think – uh, well, well, hold on. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and uh, you asked a really – good and fair question the, the the fact that he was uh you know skewering the sec and uh sankey for going back on the nine game to eight game and he's not incorrect on that i mean we all thought it was going to nine games nine conference games and then something happened right and i, I don't know if we actually do know Precisely what that something is. I goes Nick. <laughs> I, 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 well, I, that may have been what got the the ball rolling. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see. But it was a very fair question that you asked. The fact that he basically works for. Uh, the Big Ten. I mean, for Fox and right. Fox and Fox call and Fox, you know, does the Big Ten games. And so therefore there could be a conflict of interest. Uh, and, and for me, what I always say about conflict of interest is like we all bring bias to a story, right? Uh, if, if it's a, you're writing it or if you're a broadcaster, you, we all have bias, but what's important is to let people know about that bias. And, uh, and, and I really think that Tim, uh, is not influenced by the fact that Fox is paying his contract, right? Or he's under contract with Fox. Uh, he's, he has always been a straight shooter. 
and 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 you hit it right on the head. Yes, it's upset people over the years, but um, and apparently he's banned from Feinbaum. I I don't know about that, but oh, um, what a tragic loss. Yeah, I know. Jeez, um, but uh, but I certainly appreciate his uh, forthrightness. And, uh, and, and I, I, I absolutely in no way believe that his affiliation with Fox after listening to him really, uh, colored his opinion of what transpired in Destin. But I, I thought it was an excellent question from you. Do you agree with that after hearing what Tim had to say? I do, but I also know I've known Tim for 30, 40 years now. If he's going to say it, he needs the answer to it. Yeah. He asked the question, and he moved along, and I thought in in, in good fashion. Anyway, yeah. uh, if, if there's any way to go from 10,000 feet above sea level to, I guess it's 12,000 feet below, Lars yeah. has figured this out a way. The, yeah, this is one of the scarier stories uh, that uh, I, I have come across, and I know uh, the people out there are aware of this that the uh, uh, submersible uh, uh, submarine I guess you would call it it's a, the, the submarine uh, it was a Titanic tourist submarine it takes you down and you get a tour of the remains of the Titanic and uh, that has uh, of the wreckage of the Titanic and um, the the uh, that, that sub has, has disappeared and uh, according to the Coast Guard, uh, which had a uh, briefing this morning, the United States Coast Guard, that there's about, uh, quote, 40 hours of breathable air left in the sub and that rescue teams have gone over 7,600 square miles of the Atlantic since uh, Sunday and uh, they have not yielded any results. And um, it, it's just... Uh, uh, there was five people on the vessel. It was reported uh, overdue for its return on Sunday night, about 435 miles south of uh, St. John's of Newfoundland, and uh, and it's just uh, it's it, it, it it's scary. Uh, and there's a uh, there's a, so it's out in the middle of uh, of. Uh, uh, of, the, of Atlantic. the Atlantic, yeah, like 12, and, and so, yeah, and there's a Canadian research icebreaker out there with it called the Polar Prince, and there, so that's like the mother ship, right? And they were supporting uh, the Titan, is is what the this uh, sub is called, and uh, they lost contact with the Titan just real quickly, about an hour and forty five minutes after it submerged. And it's in a, it's in a, apparently a very remote area. And, um, I mean, I would think anywhere <laughs> under the ocean is a remote area, but, um, but yeah, it, it just like, it, it, it's, I, I don't know if there's a worse sort of situation to be in than a, uh, on a submarine on the basement of the uh, Atlantic floor which is presumably where this sub is. And, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers are, are with everyone on board, the five souls on board. Lars, uh, leave it to you to uh, begin the show with a shining exorcist and Jaws. 
and uh, wrap it up with this story. Uh, that's <laughs> supposed to be somewhat funny, but this is not a funny situation. Yeah. And I it, it's going to be dominating. Imagine, it's going to be dominating imagine. the news cycle here. Well, yeah, I, just, go ahead. I can't Sorry. imagine. Obviously, it's lost power. Uh, they have no communication. So there are there five souls just, you know, thousands and thousands of feet deep with with little oxygen. And uh, it's it's total darkness. You, you ever been in total, absolute darkness? Yeah. Uh, where you can open your eyes, you can wiggle your hands in front of your face, and you literally can't see anything? I pray for these people because that is literally a, a hell beneath the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, how scary, scary. Let me tell you, the mere thought of that is 50 times scarier or is it more scary you tell me linguist uh then the shining the exorcism and jaws all combined i'll pray for them boom uh hey lars you got like a dad joke or something to lighten it as we get out here <laughs> uh i got nothing oh, i got nothing um see why did uh <laughs> why did the chicken um, cross the road to get to the other side. Well, that's the old one. But uh, this is because that's where the laser point pointer went. And that's bad. <laughs> Can we erase that? Um, yeah, so... <laughs> but we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking about uh, happier subjects. And, and let's hope, uh, again, that the, the Titan can be found and uh, we get a little bit of a miracle best records in all of sports. That is on the menu for Wednesday. Thank you, Lars. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Seth.